Hey everybody and welcome back to Humans Aren't Robots. I'm your host Sam Davies and welcome to a series of conversations with creative leaders about the modern state of work and the exciting places we can take it. We are back this week with some conversations we recorded at South Start earlier this year. If you don't know about South Start, it's an amazing festival held here in Adelaide each year that combines the startup world, uh, creative leadership, entrepreneurship, buzzing things that are happening all around Australia and getting some awesome humans together to have conversations and intermingle and basically vibe off each other and, and see where we can take things into the future. Uh, that's something I'm really passionate about. I love seeing young people doing inspiring things and, you know, Craig and Danielle who run South Start are, are totally in for creating a, an environment where people can organically bump into each other and, and make sparks fly. So that's something that we've been very privileged to be involved with and hopefully we make a few sparks fly through some of these conversations. If you want to find out more about South Start, you can check the show notes for some links. And if you're in Adelaide next year, come on down. Or if you just want to come check out Adelaide, come on down. In this episode, I chat with Lauren Black. So she is from the Atlassian Foundation. She's a social impact specialist. Now, before I jump into Lauren, I might just mention that we've, we've spoken to a few people from the Atlassian Foundation before. Atlassian is obviously an incredible Australian business uh, that makes project management productivity software um, Jira, uh, Trello they own now a number of other products a wildly successful startup here in Australia that's now blossomed into a, a global business and the founders have really put a huge emphasis on building great dynamic creative engaged teams uh, that are purpose driven value driven they have a pretty much a completely remote workforce that's spread across the globe uh, very cool business worth checking out if you want to find an, an older episode we did we did it with mark redding uh, who is the the head of foundation in that episode i believe was also adam mccurdy from humanitics a really great business and sarah gunn uh, also um, a purpose-driven leader here in south australia in that episode we talked about pledge one percent so pledge one percent is an atlassian foundation initiative uh, it's a global movement that inspires, educates, and empowers entrepreneurs, companies, employees to be a force for good. So as a Pledge 1% member, you will either pledge 1% of your profits or 1% of your total team time to uh, social causes of, of your own choice, uh, which is something that uh, we did at Digital Noir and a, and a really great initiative. So you can uh, find that on our website. I was really keen to speak with Lauren She's got some great insights around company's purpose and actually living values, which I think is something a lot of businesses struggle with. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. You know, we often end up putting values in place and, and putting them up on a website or on a wall somewhere. And that's basically it. And they become hollow. We know, you know businesses like Atlassian have done a really great job of empowering their teams to truly live the values and, um, you know, breathe them and, and sort of co-op them from, you know, a bottom up kind of approach. I think everyone is different, but I think working this way really would center a team, giving people purpose and feel like they're doing the work is really aligned with them and where they're going. It also helps you find staff, find team members, and also find, you know, if you're in a service-based business like we are, find other companies that are aligned to, their, to your values. It's interesting, actually, thinking back about how we did it at DN. Um, for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, I've recently sold my business, Digital Noir, or merged my business, Digital Noir, with a, 
an awesome agency here in South Australia, KWP. And I've had some time to kind of reflect on the 10 years I ran DN and the sort of 15 years I've been in business for myself. And I don't know, I think when I started my business, I didn't even know, I wouldn't have even known what culture was in a, you know, in a formal sense from a business perspective or values. And I definitely wasn't aware of my own personal values consciously anyway. It's something that I've been on a journey to sort of uncover for, for myself and applied that through business, you know, running my own business. I've been in this weird world where a lot of myself has been put into the things that I've done. And so, you know, some of my personal values are things like um, creativity and curiosity and freedom. So, I've, you know, I really tried to merge that into DN. One of the big our, our tagline at Digital Noir for a long, long time was we give a damn. And that was something that was important to me, um, you know, building, designing, developing websites for a long time. And then and then mobile apps, I, I really wanted it to feel that we were not a transactional business, that we were there to provide value, that we're, we were there to do great work. I, I'm really interested in, in the idea of, I think a lot of digital product gets treated as a commodity and not... You know, there's not this idea of sort of a, an artisanal digital product or the type of um, craft work that you say could be put into, I don't know, designing and, and building a, a chair, let's say. You know, you can get a chair from Ikea or you can go and get some beautiful local handcrafted chair made out of you know, reclaimed timber, etc. Like there's, there's, there's different, different ways of going about producing things in the world and, and the way that I always wanted to do it was with was with care was with love and, and, and giving a damn and, and that's something that I think got stamped into our culture at Digital Noir and it's something that was driven by action first but then it did have to be formalized in a, in a sort of series of of statements so one of our key statements is um, shared journey shared success you know we want to go on a journey with you to create success it's something I've, I've chatted to a lot of guests about in this season and people in general um, about how to how to build these types of culture. With Lauren, I, I talked about this idea of bringing your whole self to work, which I think is important if you're going to get value-aligned value aligned, um, team members into your team. You kind of want them to feel safe and comfortable to be able to be themselves. Um, with Lauren, we naturally came around to this topic and, and her take was quite interesting. She speaks about... You know, not just bringing your hobbies and personalities as a part of your whole self to work, but also how you are on a day-to-day basis. Like being able to say something um, to your team, I'm really struggling today, or whatever that looks like for an individual and how we create, you know, these safe spaces for honesty. So we dove in and talked about that. It's actually something I spoke about last year in our People and Purpose episode, if you want to check that out. Anyway, I'm just uh, kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but I'd love to jump in with Lauren from... Atlassian Foundation and hear her thoughts on some of the things that we've just been touching on. So without further ado, let's jump in with Lauren and I'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Thanks so much for uh, coming and having a chat, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, why you're down here in Adelaide for South Start and yeah, what you do back over in Sydney. Yeah, great. So uh, I'm a social impact specialist at the Atlassian Foundation um, and we are sponsoring the Impact Summit as, as part of South Start. And the Impact Summit is a collaboration between Club for Good uh, and the Atlassian Foundation and we're really bringing together a whole lot of non-profits, social enterprises, investors, I mean a- anyone really uh, who wants to 
be able to put a framework around their impact and measure their impact. Uh, the, the afternoon session is all about how you can use some tools and technologies to facilitate that human conversation. So um, I, I think that sometimes uh, it's hard to have those conversations. What's the impact that we want to make? How are we going to measure that? Um, and so the, the workshop on that afternoon is designed to get people talking and thinking about how they do that uh, and to really just bring people together to share their ideas for, from a whole lot of different sectors, which would be really fascinating. How did you get into this type of work? <laughs> Uh, so I started my career in kind of corporate social responsibility uh, and was very heavily in the gender equity in STEM realm, uh, which led to a lot of design and implementation and evaluation of social impact programs, whether that was outreach programs, schools, uh, mentoring programs, uh, which led me to this beautiful intersection of tech and social impact which is now just my absolute passion and I'm, I'm very lucky to be working in a place that I absolutely love um, and what that looks like now is more about how non-profits and social enterprises are using tech to achieve their missions and also to help their teams be more effective and efficient. As you know, Atlassian makes <laughs> team software. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really what we do. It's interesting. Like the, the common thread, I suppose, of what um, we've been talking about in this season is it's sort of coming out of COVID and let's, let's not talk about COVID anymore, but the sort of change in, um, the change in nature of work. And, you know, a, a company like Atlassian has sort of been on the cutting edge of this for um, you know, a number of years. Um, but how does that bleed into, you know, the, the, the broader world? And it's interesting working with uh, nonprofits. We, we do a lot of work with nonprofits too. And I found that while they have, you know, this great why and sort of course um, impact that they're creating internally, they're act their teams and their actual um, operating systems and structures are quite outdated and, and sort of lacking some of the... Um, the human elements, even though the, the, the impact the organisations have in, is really strong. Atlassian are one of these organisations that have been a pillar for um, being very much values-based values, values based and having a, a strong core set of values. How, how do you see in, sort of in your work and looking around how important that is to um, a business and, and the, the general makeup and culture of that business? Yeah, in incredibly amazing. It's the first company I've ever been at where the values are not just something written on a wall that we talk about it all the time. Mm. It's something that you really see. For us in the Atlassian Foundation, there's there's two values that I think really um, speak to mm. us, or particularly in what I do. One is be the change you seek. And there are a lot mm. of our employees who are very passionate about a whole lot of different causes. And I manage our skilled volunteering program. And so that's really where you see Atlassians diving into uh, a project to use their skills to offer their help um, to collaborate with nonprofits, um, and you know I, there is a bit of a it, values is very much part of the hiring process, and so it's it's not just something that you um, you find when you get there. They actually build the teams for with people who already have those values. The second value that uh, I see, and, and excuse the language, but, but open company, no bullshit. Mm. Um, and I think that that's really just interesting in how we, we talk to nonprofits about the impact we're trying to make. We'd be really be clear about uh, what we can and can't offer. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's incredibly important and even more so for the foundation and what we do. How does that, how does that um, resonate in a team's environment, open company, no bullshit? Like how, how, how can you imagine that being applied in a, um, like in a, in a, in a, a project group or you know, a team within a team? To give you an example, and this was amazing when I first started the company, pretty much all the documents across the company are open to anyone to see. Hmm. And that is just the most bizarre thing that I can go into the team of something that is completely unrelated to me and see what they're planning and thinking and and where they're looking to go. Obviously, there are options in in Confluence, our our product to restrict documents when, you know, they're maybe not ready to share or they're sensitive, but... um, across the board that that's quite incredible and, and what that it empowers your employees to collaborate and to to work across teams as well uh and maybe in ways that you wouldn't think you could do before but because anything's kind of searchable and you can just <laughs> see everything it's it's incredible that is really incredible it's a very good example of it, i think um and a lot of people talk about this um you know live in the values and actually, you know, seeing that, you know, transparently kind of applied across the business, um, which it, at the very least just gives you a sense of um, trust, I suppose, right? Oh, absolutely. And it, in this kind of remote work world, you've seen some businesses mm. bring people back into the office and I suppose there are some questions and conversations around do they trust their employees? Um, you may have seen that Lassian has a, a policy where we only need to be in the office four times a year. You can work from anywhere in the world. Uh, and that does build this extra layer of trust as well around um, all its employees. And I can tell you everyone's working very hard, so <laughs> it doesn't... doesn't why, cause why are they working hard, do you think? Like, What's, what's that driving factor that, that enables teams to feel accountable without a, you know, a manager breathing down their neck? I don't know if I'm super qualified to, <laughs> to speak on this. Um, I mean, okay, I, let me let me speak to my team and, and the foundation because that's what I know. But uh, for us, it is very clear what we're all working towards. We are constantly being asked the question, you know, do you know how your work fits into the broader goals and missions of the company? Do you know how you fit into this bigger piece? And some of that is management and some of it's tools and technologies and some of it's the practices that we use. So um, OKRs are, are very clear uh, across our organisation. Um, and it, and I actually have an example from a, a non-profit that we're working with. They've just started to, with, with skilled volunteers, implement OKRs across their business and provide some accountability for each person in terms of what OKRs they are responsible for. And so they're starting to get that as well. It allows you to work distributed because they can log on each day and, and know exactly what they need to work towards. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of that, that mix of, of technology plus practices. But I suppose that shared um, goal and sort of shared vision enabled with technology. Yeah, cool. Coming back to maybe some of the stuff, the work that you were doing prior to it last year. And so we've been talking about you know, sort of diversity being from my perspective anyway, a given that we want to have in the workplace um, across the board. So diversity of thought, cult, you know, just bringing together a, um, a mixture of sort of different people and ideas and, and personalities and working types. Um, but, but in reality, and I'm interested in sort of um, how, it's, how it's been for you, h- how do you actually create the environment where, to get the best out of that and create a safe space where people can you know, feel free to have open conversations and actually um, you know, 
bring their difference of thought to a, to the table. Yeah, it's it's not easy, and I think the the big topic that's being discussed at the moment is this psychological safety that we hear about so much. Um, but what it looks like in practice is really interesting, and I have the the most wonderful team where every every day we log on and we basically have like a life status update. It's it's that whole bringing your whole self to work, but even things like I'm just really not feeling it today, you know, or I need to take an hour off. And I don't think that that's, um, that's easy to achieve, really being able to say exactly what you, you need from the team and feel at all times. Uh, and empathy is just a huge part of that, being able to connect. What's interesting is that I think in the remote world, it's very hard to have that time and space for personal conversations when it's not in a meeting agenda uh, you're not just bumping into each other mm. uh, and creating that space very intentionally, I think, is important. But I understand when everyone's busy that they can sometimes feel like that's a waste of their time. They wouldn't probably think that in a in an office environment, but having a 15-minute scheduled chat for social talk, um, it's very hard for them to actually switch into that. It's interesting. I've spoken to a number of people over the years um, that have worked in really distributed um, organisations. InVision's a really good example. Um, and they've been very, very intentional about how they design their collaboration because you might have a team of people working on you know, five different time zones, and, um, but they've, they've, they, they actually make that space and sort of, you know, create it. And I, I, think, I think, I don't know if you'd agree, Kate, um, like during... COVID and us all going remote, it actually almost brought us kind of closer together in some way. Like I think that it definitely equaled the playing field a little bit instead of, you know, all being there on one screen as opposed to siloed in the office. So um, pretty interesting about that. Yeah. The other thing that we're seeing is that uh, with the foundation, our role is to engage our employees through volunteering and giving. And that's actually a really good opportunity for people to connect over something that's outside of work, um, that's meaningful, that you know, it could be that they all care about sustainability or um, mental health or whatever it may be, and that we're trying to leverage those opportunities not just for making an impact, but also for our teams to connect more. What, what's your personal thoughts on sort of um, bringing your whole self to work? I think it's incredibly important. I can see why people don't always do it if there isn't that psychological safety. Mm. It's um, it's a hard thing to do. I think that I'm fortunate that um, my health, whole self fits very neatly into Atlassian. I, I feel that that's comfortable, but I also feel that um, my manager and the head of foundation is very intentional in creating that space. Um, Did you seek that intentionally yourself like seek an organization that matched what like your own personal values and 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 you know what you saw as your own need for safety i don't know that i i don't know that you can know that you're going to have it before you get in <laughs> nor that it's consistent across a whole organization yeah i think that it's really um team by team so yeah i i mean obviously you meet your 
your manager and your interviews and you kind of know who you're going to be working with. And I think that's, that's probably really important. Thinking about... So, so coming back to this idea of, of diversity so, and, and difference of opinions, I don't know if you've, if you've come across this before, but like how do we, within teams, sort of create the space for people to um, feel safe, right, mm. from wherever they're coming from or whatever that, whatever that might look like in terms of their background, but then also um, for there to be difference of opinion and for there to be conflict and, 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 and for that not to then be um, put into a bucket of, I don't know, bullying or racism or sexual harassment, however it is, to actually, I suppose, yeah, create that safe space but then have good debate and, and conflict? Great question. And this is where I actually think that uh, tools and technologies can help a lot and that remote work can actually provide a better opportunity. And, and a good example is when you're doing something where you've got a brainstorming kind of thing and um, Miro or Mural are great examples where everyone gets to add their opinion and mm. also that your opinion is not necessarily it's not obvious that it was yours yep. and so you can actually get everyone's opinion on a page without that kind of you know someone needing to have the confidence to take up space in a room um, you know that there's still an element of it's difficult to get space in a meeting uh, but I think that those tools can be really helpful and if you have good facilitators and, and good managers to be able to to notice when there are ideas that maybe should be raised or should be brought mm. to the fore that's where I think you can get much better diverse opinions than you than you ever got before it's interesting like so um because so we run a lot of sort of like customer journey mapping workshops and these types of things and that democratization of the of the space where it isn't just sort of the um you know the hippo in the room or the, the loudest person in the room that's um calling the shots and allowing people but you're right in a in a in a tech space and in a more distributed space that that almost becomes even more democratized you, you know people everyone feels free to contribute what other what other um platforms do you sort of use in in the in your work mm. obviously we uh we use a lot of our own tools <laughs> sure. Jira, confluence trello uh trello we we use recently to run a health monitor and uh, there's a there's a template for it and that was quite interesting because you you don't always have time to address every single issue but using a voting feature we could really prioritize mm where we weren't doing so well as a team and where we needed to, to discuss and address. Um, and, and, you know, there was work to be done outside of that meeting as well, but using that and, and having people all share their opinion simultaneously meant that no one was influenced by anyone else's opinion. Okay. So that was, that was very cool as well. And again, I think the human element of this is that uh, one of my team members is an incredible facilitator and you need that to, to use these tools effectively. Yeah. Uh, but, but having the tools helps too. Thinking about impact, what, I wanna, I'm going to put you on the spot again because um, I'm terrible with names. Who did we speak to from Atlassian Foundation that runs uh, 1%, uh, Pledge 1%? Mel. Melissa? It wasn't Melissa, it was a... Um, Mark? Oh, Mark, um, Mark, 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 Mark. Um, so, yeah, we had him on the podcast. And we, so we... we um, at Digital Noir sort of um, signed up to the pledge and, and started started using awesome. that um, to 
I mean, probably not as good as impact as we would have liked in the end, but we, we essentially used it to sort of give back some time on projects that we were doing to, um, to causes that, that made sense to us um, and things that the team were passionate about. Like, it, when you speak about social impact and impact um, organisations can have, like, what are some ways that, that you know, businesses can get, get involved and, and have impact? Uh, you know, it, especially if they're not necessarily a, um, you know, a purpose sort of driven business at, at their core. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think the 1% of time is a great start because mm. it doesn't require any initial financial outlay, particularly if you're in an early stage startup. So, you know, chatting to a, a freelance um, creative consultant the other day and, and she'll take on kind of a, a non-profit pro bono client for every 10 yep. for-profit clients that she takes on. I think that's quite a, a common model. Um the other thing I think and is is using your networks and who you're talking to. So maybe you can't provide that support, but some of your customers can. Uh, yeah, partnering up to to help nonprofits and social enterprises, using them as your suppliers, looking at it more from a, a supply chain perspective um, as well, and making sure that everything you procure is slavery free and sustainable. Um, yeah, th- there are so many ways. I think it's about what's, what's aligned with your business and not trying to do stuff that's going to be completely outside of your, your core. And there's lots of small things that add up as well, I suppose, when you think about it. Yeah, they absolutely do. And what we're aiming to do on Friday with, with South Star is try and uh, find what those areas of impact can be and, and how people want to measure that. What, what is the change that they want to make in their realm, in their sphere? Uh, and what are those outcomes and how can they measure them? Talk to me about some of the measurement like and what that looks like. Yeah, look, it's, uh, I suppose it, it really varies depending on what sector you're in. But as an example for our Global Skilled Volunteering Program, the way that we measure impact is firstly, do we have a meaningful impact on the purpose-driven organisations that our employees volunteer with? And that is a, you know, it's a perception-based measurement from the organisations. But we also look at things like how much money have organisations saved by having skilled volunteers as opposed to getting an external consultant that they'd have to pay or also the inefficiencies that we have saved them as a result of improving how they collaborate as teams or improving internal processes. We also measure how they have upskilled from collaborating with our Atlassian employees. So, Mm. uh, you know, obviously it's it's not as sustainable for us to go in and help them and then leave them with either something that they can't maintain or they haven't had that transfer of skills and knowledge. And interestingly, the, the skills that they get sometimes are particular technologies, but more often than not are practices on how we approach problems and solve problems yep. as a company, which you know internally we have so many frameworks and tools for and it's just a different way of thinking which uh, they often take on. And that was probably my... Um my sort of offhand comment at the start around um, not-for-profits that I've worked with, you know, that, that maybe don't have, um, you know, for, for example, aren't, aren't using project management software and still, you know, sitting in with, you know, a myriad of Excel files or like a CRM or something that's just actually going to make um, 
the whole organization more efficient and and have more impact and you'll be able to get messages out to the to their donors or whoever it is more effectively but don't necessarily have you know they haven't paid for a consultant to come in and do a, a digital transformation or something like this yeah and you know i think the if there's a great thing if i can say that out of the pandemic is that uh we've seen a lot of teams that were initially resistant to using tools and technology have to get onto them so that's been great but what's happened now is that a lot of organizations have a tech stack which has a whole lot of tools that overlap with each other and um, particularly because they're looking to get the free versions of different things they haven't got the complete feature set and so they're using bits and pieces that don't talk to each other Mm. so that's kind of the next challenge for I suppose all of us technology companies to provide is whether it's, you know, we have discounted licenses with the standard and premium subscriptions, or it's actually working together to, to better integrate the tools that they're using. It is, it is, it's actually quite impactful. I mean, even just take Trello, for example, um, as, a, as a tool, like I, I showed it to my um, parents recently, they're doing a renovation and they've been using it to sort of manage their, their reno. Um, but like just, just the, like simple organization tools can make, you know, a complex project so much simpler. And then because you, you know, maybe you don't think about imparting knowledge as how to get a, a project done in a more efficient and, and simpler way as, as having impact, but that totally does. So yeah, cool. Absolutely. And it's when you get the automation happening <laughs> that you really start to save time and see the benefits. Yeah, definitely. And, and over time, those ingrained, like you said, those ingrained practices and systems. So you, you're not always sort of, starting from scratch again with a you know if you're going to implement a new um a new initiative within an organization that a, a lot of the sort of administrative tasks or a lot of the groundwork's already set up so you can actually get out there and do the work absolutely and you know i i don't uh, I, i've come from non-profit world myself and you know when you're just hustling because you are doing seven different roles in one and most likely not earning a massive salary for it you don't always have the time to step back yeah. and go, hey, you know, let's rethink this. Um, plus, do we have the budget for it? Do yeah. we have the leadership approval, all that stuff? Mm. Um, thank you so much for changing that. I've got one, one more question for you before I, before I let you go. Um, the next 12 months for you, either personally or in business, what do you see as one of your biggest challenges? Particularly here at South Start, there are so many amazing purpose-driven organisations. And the hard part is not knowing who to help, but, you know, helping everyone um, and trying to bring as many different other organisations together to also provide skilled volunteering help so that we can, you know, make the biggest impact that we possibly can. Awesome. That's a good challenge to have. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun one. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Enjoy the uh, rest of your time in Adelaide and uh, the rest of South Start. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Hey, how's it going? Sam Davies here again. Thank you so much to Lauren for taking the time to speak to us. I really appreciated it. And it was awesome to see you down there live at Southstar. If you want to find out more about Lauren, you can just check out Lauren Black um, at Lassie and just Google Google Lauren and you can find everything you want. And again, thank you to South Start for having us down. Always a pleasure and we will catch you next time. Cheers.